0: I know it may be warm outside, but it's cold enough in here to enjoy a nice warm cup of coffee.
1: Are you having warm coffee or hot coffee?
0: I can't. I don't like iced coffee. This is hot. Well,
1: I know, but somebody said, I'll offer you a cup of warm coffee. And I said, no, that doesn't sound good. You want hot. Offered hot coffee.
0: Well, I do want to make it known that I offered to get you coffee today, but you already had coffee. I already
1: had my coffee.
0: And when I hung up with you, I realized,
1: oh, he didn't offer to
0: get me coffee.
1: Well, I was was already back in the car. I'm just kidding. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome
0: to the 23 Podcast. My We're Father having our coffee clutch. With Father Herb. It's uh, good to be with you as we are sailing through the month of August. And uh, this weekend, we are departing from our wonderful series of John 6 to take a little time for... The Feast of the Assumption
1: of Mary. She's a big deal. We
0: like her. She's wonderful. We...
1: I don't know if everybody realizes there are two calendars in the church. There's the calendar of events. uh, I should say seasons like Advent, Christmas season, uh, Lent and Easter season. And within those, there are some special days like the Epiphany and and Pentecost. But then there's a second calendar, which is actually a calendar of dates feast days mm-hmm. and that actually is just like, you know, August 15th and November 1st and December 8th. So every so often one of these holy days like August 15th yeah happens upon a Sunday.
0: Which is kind of cool because then a lot of people that would You get
1: two for the price of one. Well,
0: <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I was thinking that as the church employee, but as the Catholic I thought, oh that's cool because Not everybody would be able to make it to a Mass for the Feast of the Assumption. During the week. During the week. So when it falls on a Sunday, they still get to— And that's
1: why a couple—there are not too many Holy Days. Holy Days are always established by the bishops of individual countries. So if you travel, you might be in another country that has a different set of Holy Days. Yeah. But there's some that you'll find everywhere, like Christmas. And this year, Christmas is on what day of the week? It's on a— Saturday. Yes. Yes. So we have Christmas Eve on Friday. You are you surprised I knew that already? Well, of course we talked about it last year.
0: Well, that was a whole year ago. I've already looked ahead. Well, that's
1: right. You took Christmas off last year. Oh my goodness. It was called COVID. I had COVID friends. I did I get over it? Obviously not yet. (laughs)
0: Glad I'm still alive. Thanks for asking.
1: Oh yeah. You're doing okay?
0: I'm still here. Okay, good.
1: So this year we will have Christmas Eve on a Friday. We will have Christmas morning on a Saturday. We will not. Praise the Lord. We will not have the Saturday evening Mass. That's kind of you. But we will have Sunday Mass on Sunday.
0: Actually, I don't want to get off on a tangent about Christmas, but from a work perspective, this is a much better scenario than last year, which I know I wasn't here, where it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes. By default. Well, it's it's a worse
1: scenario for a person like you who has a family. Right, somebody like me who doesn't have a life, it doesn't matter because i <laughs> just I, live at, sh- I live in the church anyway.
0: Okay, true story though. I'll, just back to Christmas for a second. Yes, I've always wondered because, really, for all of my adult life, my married life, my my life as a father, I've never been home on Christmas Eve with my family. So I always wondered, what's that like to have like Christmas Eve and to spend that time with your family and Is it magical? Is it wonderful? What happens?
1: Okay, so last year you had that once in a lifetime chance. Last
0: year I had the coronavirus for Christmas, and I stayed home on Christmas Eve, and I thought, "Oh man, I really wish I was at church right now."
1: So I think that answers the question for me. Okay, well, yes, Uh, I will tell you. Going back a few weeks, a few weeks ago, when I was on vacation out in uh, Wyoming, yeah, we knew that there was a church in west wyoming which is the name of a town mm-hmm. uh or actually it's called west yellowstone in wyoming okay we knew that that church had a sunday evening mass so we took our time all day we were exploring the national parks and we drove into west yellowstone yeah and then went to the evening mass but i have to tell you on sunday morning traipsing around the national parks, going for walks in God's beautiful nature. I still felt like a complete pagan for not (laughs) being in church on Sunday morning.
0: Even though you knew you were going to go that evening. Yeah,
1: I went Sunday evening, and I really enjoyed it. It It was a beautiful little church. I think I told you maybe that I was... They asked me, the priest. It was a very, very small congregation because it was also the 4th of July, and there was a uh, parade going on in town at the same time. The one where you did the reading? Yeah, he asked if I'd do the reading, and I said, sure. So I read uh, Ezekiel very dramatically, and I was so proud of myself until I got to the end, and I said the gospel, I mean the word of the Lord. Uh, So close. Yeah, I was so close. Yes, so far. it's, It's a reminder that, you know, we we get caught up in certain phrases at church.
0: It would have been great if you just went into a homily and he'd be like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> after the first reading. Actually, he gave a rather good homily.
0: That's good. You don't say that often, so that's that's a high high accolade coming yeah. from you. All right. So, to the Feast of the Assumption, this weekend we go from what had been our series in John 6 to the Gospel of Luke, and it's very short. The Gospel of Luke is not very short. Oh, maybe I'm looking at you're the looking vigil at, reading. Oh, wait, you're,
1: no, you're, you're gl- looking at the the vigil mass. Uh,
0: now I am on the correct one. I'm on the day
1: Luke chapter one. Yeah, but let me back up a little bit. We've been in chapter six of John's gospel, and there are five weeks of it. The first one was the end of June. The uh, I'm sorry, the end of July. Multiplication of loaves and fish, mm-hmm. and then we had uh, the discourse on Jesus as the bread of life. We had that on August 1st mm-hmm. and August 8th. It would have continued August 15th, and it does continue August 22nd. Mm-hmm. So we are that's what I was saying about the two calendars. We're stepping out of uh, what would have been probably, I won't say the, the guts of Chapter 6, <laughs> but it, it is the part where the crowd couldn't deal with Jesus saying, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in me. And they all said, this is a hard saying. How can we follow him? Yeah, who is this guy? And you'll hear more about it on August 22nd. 22nd. Thank Stay you. Stay tuned. Got to get all these dates right. August 22nd when Jesus says to his apostles, are you going to leave me too? But meanwhile, back to the Feast of the Assumption. Okay. Now, I don't know if you know the definition of the Assumption of Mary. Would you like to get the official uh, words of what the church says the doctrine of the assumption is
0: he's opening the catechism of the, catholic the catechism
1: church. of the catholic church are you ready I'm um, go I still don't know why it's called assumption you don't it's to, uh, to be assumed well Mary it's they say Mary was assumed into heaven
0: but that's not a verb we would normally use for anything else uh, no not
1: in that definition yeah okay this is a quote finally the immaculate virgin preserved from all stain of original sin, when the course of her earthly life was finished, was taken up, body and soul, into the heavenly glory, and exalted by the Lord as queen over all things, so that she might be the more fully conformed to her son, the Lord of Lords, and conqueror of sin and death. The Assumption of the Blessed Virgin is a singular participation in her son's resurrection and in anticipation of the resurrection for all other Christians. So in other words, it doesn't say, people say, does that mean she died? And I said, it doesn't say. It just says at the end of her earthly life, she was taken up to heaven. So it's like anticipation of what we're all going to be able to do. And because death was considered a result of sin, original sin, and Mm -hmm. she was free from original sin, so consequently she would not need to die.
0: I think some people, or... Maybe just maybe it's just the way I I grew up thinking about it as a kid. Maybe that's a better definition. You, it's almost like Mary's version of the ascension.
1: Right? Yeah, not that I'm well, saying that, that that's. True. But that's the, well, even the terms: the ascension, the assumption, right? The ascension's a second, tomato. Sec, tomato. Uh, ascension's the second glorious mystery. Assumptions the fourth glorious. Uh, mid, um, mystery. They're both of the glorious mystery, but the second uh, fourth mystery. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, now, when I was over in Israel, I think there was a little place where they had a, a shrine or something. It was called the Dormition of Mary. Dormition from the word, at, like dorm, the sleeping of Mary. So even there, they don't really talk about the death. I don't know what they allude to, but...
0: Yeah. Well, what what I was getting at was, I versus that kind of ch- childish uh, picture or representation of the assumption, I like, really, this more kind of mysterious definition that you read from the catechism because it doesn't just explain it it leaves a little bit of mystery the
1: the paintings and there's been classic paintings through the years of the ascension is jesus is rising up to heaven in his own by his own power yeah and often paintings of mary for the assumption is the angels are lifting her up (laughs) (laughs) like well, never mind. I was thinking like gladiators or something like that. Uh, no, I
0: will raise you up on eagle's wings, <laughs> right. on, on right. angel's ring- wings. Oh, we could
1: write our own song and just change a couple of words. Yeah, I will raise you up hit. on angel's wings. <laughs> Alrighty, so so that's what the assumption is. So, of course, that's not found directly in the Scripture. So, right, and that I would say that's a reason
0: why maybe a lot of non-Catholics have an issue with the belief of the assumption.
1: So what, what it does include, though— is mary's unique relationship with god and that's why the the passage we are about to re- read the passage we are about to <clears throat> hint hint the passage we are about to re- read are you trying i've got it here uh, you get it's a long one okay. so we'll break it in two I get to do the canticle. You do I, the, I
0: had a feeling you were going to take that.
1: You, would you like to do the canticle? No, You're yours. more lyrical than I am. You, but you get to read it every day as a priest. It is part of the, of the L- liturgy Church. of the hours, yeah. e- evening prayer every day. You read so it. so he, here's Michael reading
0: Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled.
1: And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, My spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has with favor, for he has with favor on his lowly servant. Is there a word missing there? He has looked with favor. Yeah. Okay. The printed copy I have left out the word for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The almighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation and then returned to her home, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That time I was allowed to say the Gospel of the Lord. The go- the
0: Word of the Lord.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, the second part is the ma- Magnificat, the Canticle of Mary. Yes. Which is really quite beautiful. And
0: Probably in the top 10 of famous scripture passages.
1: N- I drink to that Okay, <laughs> coffee coffee drink coffee <laughs> to that but let's talk about okay so after the Annunciation after the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said she was going to be the mother of Jesus the angel also said your kinswoman Elizabeth is going to have a child and she's in her sixth month now Elizabeth was much older than Mary mm-hmm. first of all keep that in mind they were cousins I don't know that they were close cousins. Geographically, they were not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Elizabeth and and her husband lived near Jerusalem. Mary and Joseph lived in Galilee. So there might be a couple times a year when Mary and Joseph would go to Jerusalem for the holy days to go to the temple, and they might visit when they were there. Mm -hmm. But who knows? And yet she had a, a special place in her heart so that's the setting so it's after the annunciation after mary knows that she's going to uh, give birth now if elizabeth is already in her sixth month and it says and so she stayed there for about three months mm-hmm. so she basically stayed up to the time of birth well
0: i was i as we were reading that i had never noticed that fact that it said mary re- remained with her for about three months That's a long time for a house guest. Well, actually, we have to remember here in America, you know, we get tired of guests really fast. I I was just thinking that I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, after a week of somebody staying at my
1: house. it's. But there are many cultures in the world where a house guest will come and stay for a couple of months. I'm going to
0: remember that someday when I need to come and visit you. I was thinking of the reverse
1: when I come and visit you. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) fine. I think I've told people. Over the years, that all my new friends—and by new, I mean anybody that I've come to know in the last 15 years—hello, all, all of my new friends are minimum, minimum of 20 years younger than I. That's <laughs> almost by requirement. So that you, have so a place that to I'll say. have somebody visit me when I'm I'm oh. old and senile. <laughs> That's good. Which could be next week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll st- I'll show up. Okay, we'll try to at least do a podcast. Yeah. But yeah, you know, t- to stay with somebody for three months, even if that wasn't unusual back then. They would have gotten fairly close in that amount of time. You don't live with somebody for three months. And,
1: And, you know, they were both expectant mothers, both first-time expectant mothers. Yeah. Uh, We do celebrate the birth of John the Baptist six months before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Actually, six months and a day. So June 24th Mm -hmm. is the birthday of John the Baptist. You knew that, of course.
0: Of course I did. We threw him a party this year. Yeah, Streamers, balloons, cake.
1: So it it really is that now, in terms of being cousins, the closest they could have been would be true second cousins. But we don't know even if Elizabeth was a first cousin. Just said your cousin, your kinswoman. Yeah. So uh, it might be a little more distant than people think. Mm-hmm.
0: But nevertheless, it's it's such an important um, prequel to what is going to take place. You know, fast forward thirty years from now. When John is the one announcing the coming of.
1: He always comes before. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool the way that. But he doesn't steal the attention. And people have probably heard me say this before. John's birthday is right after the summer solstice. When we have. The- and, and in the uh, Northern Hemisphere, the days are already getting shorter. The light light is fading. I'm already noticing it quite a bit here at, in August. Already, exactly in the mornings. And, and, and Jesus is born right after the winter solstice, so days are getting longer. There's more light. Mm-hmm. And John even said, "I must decrease, and he must increase." Yeah. So it's almost symbolic with the light. The light of the day. The 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 day the day decreases in light because John is. I'm not going to say he's a man of the shadow, mm-hmm. but he's the one who points to the light. Mm-hmm. But he himself is not the light.
0: So I think you, you alluded to it a little bit ago, but I'll, I'll just ask it point blank. Why do we read this gospel for the Feast of the Assumption?
1: I think, I think it comes back to the, the relationship with God. Uh, Elizabeth says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. You know, how is the mother of my Lord coming to visit me? And then the 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 whole image is one of that she, Mary is blessed. Mm-hmm. Mary belongs to God, and she even says, "People are going to think of me as pretty cool, but it's all the work of the Lord. I'm I'm just a servant. I'm the handmaid of the Lord."
0: There is a track star right now that's been running in the Olympics that she, it, she actually went to a Catholic high school in New Jersey and her first name is escaping me right now. Uh, but she just won a medal and she is a Christian and she was, she's been saying like everything that I do is not for my own personal benefit, but for, you know, the glory, of the God. glory of God. Yeah. And pointing, pointing to God. And I thought, man, that's so cool to see a, such a well, um, trained and, accomplished person in her early twenties, still pointing and giving that glory back to,
1: to God is pretty pretty neat. To live a life that totally belongs to God, is a challenge, but it's also a gift. It and Mary had received the gift, and so she, you know, I I think the older I get, the more I realize that true spirituality, true spil- spirituality, is all about response. Mm-hmm response to God's goodness. You know, God graces us. God created us. God loves us. God is there with us day in and day out. God protects us. We have to somehow come to terms with that and really, really, really take it to heart and not just say it. And then when we take it to heart, then we want to respond to it. And so spirituality grows out of response And people will say, well, yeah, but don't you have to do the right things? And I say, if you're truly responding, if you're responding to God's love, you will do the right things. But you have to take it to heart and then learn to respond to it. That's what Mary did. She took it to heart. Her life responded to God's love. And it's because of that, that whole thing, what the Feast of the Assumption is, she is one with the Father already. She's already through her, through Jesus, she's one with God the Father.
0: As we've been discussing this, it also reminds me, you know, talking about the different holy days of the church here in the United States. On December 8th, we also celebrate the Immaculate Conception, which is, you know, setting us up for Mary to have a response.
1: And of course, Mary, the Immaculate Conception of Mary is not Mary conceiving Jesus, it's
0: her conception
1: to her parents, who are? Anna and Joachim. Very good. And we just celebrated their feast day a week or two ago. I believe is it the twenty sixth?
0: This is the same. as my birthday.
1: Thanks oh, for the oh happy the, birthday. Thanks for the present. I, did buddy. you get the gift they sent? That,
0: no, I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> well, you're on the other side of the river. It takes longer. Oh, okay, but but you know, on the, so on the feast of the Immaculate Conception, which always confuses people, we read the Annunciation, where the angel says the words that we just heard in this gospel that Elizabeth quoted: "Blessed are you among women." Right. Yeah. So it's. And in, in some ways, it's, it's all so beautifully tied together. And then Mary has a response, you know, her yes to, to the Lord. And then we see how that plays out with her cousin Elizabeth as well.
1: It, uh, one of the beautiful things is we do separate individual celebrations. Um, we separate the, the Immaculate Conception. We celebrate the Feast of Mary's parents, We separate out uh, the Feast of the Assumption. We separate out the Annunciation, March 25th. We do all of these separations, but then our goal is to bring it all back together and see it as one full picture. Right. And that's what we're trying to do this time.
0: All right, friends, we will see you this weekend for the Feast Feast of the Assumption. assumption. Bring your catechisms. No, you don't have to. No, please don't. (laughs) All right, we'll see you.